Hi, and welcome to Go, a podcast about travel, places, and adventure. I'm your host, Alex Swolinski. On our second and final Halloween edition of the podcast, we're exploring some of the most haunted houses in America, along with the spooky stories behind them and why you can or can't visit them. But first, this episode is sponsored by Local Beyond, localbeyond.com. Think outside the cubicle. The story of the Logan Inn starts in 1722. It's one of the oldest inns in America and also the most haunted. Built during the colonial era, this modest building was said to be one of the many stopping points for soldiers during America's war for independence. Some say George Washington himself stayed the night here in between his many battles. And it was here during the height of the Revolutionary War that the Logan Inn became the eerie place that it is today. The building's strategic location along the Delaware River made it a convenient place for wounded American troops to receive care. But during the winter months, the dark and cold basement of the Logan Inn became a temporary morgue. It was the perfect place for storing the bodies of dead soldiers. In the springtime, the deceased were removed when the ground would thaw enough to bury them. There was nothing unusual about this practice until one fateful spring. When revolutionary soldiers arrived to remove the dead, they were shocked at their discovery. They found the bodies stacked neatly right where they left them, laying down on their backs with their arms to the side, except for one. One of the bodies was discovered on its stomach at the base of the stairwell, an arm reaching out onto the steps as if he had been trying to escape. Early that winter, believing he was dead, soldiers accidentally put the wounded and unconscious man among the deceased and then locked him in the basement. Legend has it that the spirit of the soldier still can't seem to find a way out of the Logan Inn. Today, guests and staff often report seeing the apparition of a man in a Revolutionary War era uniform. Others have even heard a shallow voice at night whispering, I'm not dead. The Logan Inn is known for more ghosts than just the soldier. There's a ghost by the name of Emily who supposedly lived and died in room six, which is now a popular go-to spot for ghost hunters. A little girl is also set to haunt the building. She may have made her most infamous appearance in 1946 at the annual street fair held in the parking lot. Several people at the fair heard the loud, uncontrollable screaming and weeping of a child. A small crowd had gathered to try and locate the source of the crying, but no child was found. Onlookers suspect the crying could have come from the ghost of a little girl who drowned in the river nearby. She used to play in that very same parking lot. The experience was so unsettling to organizers that they stopped holding the fair at that location. Guests of the Logan Inn often feel like they're being watched, and in the evening, windows that were once locked are said to randomly throw themselves open. 
Nearly 300 years after it was built, the Logan Inn is still in operation. Today you can eat and stay at the Logan Inn if you're brave enough. If you're not interested in spending the evening at a haunted house, the next one on our list is a place you definitely can't stay the night in. The village of Amityville, New York got its name when villagers declared this place as needing amity. Amity being the word for peaceful harmony. It seems the village has been overcompensating for what it lacked, and maybe it still does. Because Amityville is home to one of the most infamous houses in America. 112 Ocean Avenue doesn't stand out as unusual or particularly infamous, but the neighborhood and its former occupants beg to differ. The story starts in 1965, when the DeFeo family moved into this seemingly normal house in the affluent neighborhood. The family of seven lived in this home for nine seemingly normal years. The father, Ronald DeFeo Sr., owned and ran a car dealership. His wife would pick up their younger children from school and have dinner ready by six. They seemed like the typical 1970s suburban family. That is, until the evening of November 13th, 1974, when the eldest son, Ronald DeFeo Jr., did the unthinkable. 23-year-old Ronald DeFeo had murdered his mother and father, two brothers and two sisters as they slept. In the middle of the night, the young DeFeo went room to room with a high-powered rifle, shooting the entire family. DeFeo confessed to the murders, claiming that voices coming from the house itself made him do it. He's currently serving six life terms in prison. But the Amityville home's reputation as a horror house was just getting started. After the gruesome murders, it remained empty. No one seemed interested in buying the property on Ocean Avenue. That is, until George and Kathy Lutz came around. They purchased the home a little over a year after the incident and moved in with their three children. They bought the home at a steal, much cheaper than similar homes in the area. It was a dream come true for the family to afford to live in such a nice neighborhood. Being a religious family, the Lutzes asked a priest to bless the home the day they moved in. But the blessing didn't seem to have any positive effect on the house. Within days, they started to experience strange phenomena, like unusual odors that came and went at random times throughout the house. Kathy Lutz began having vivid nightmares about the murders. And George claimed to wake up every night at 3.15 a.m., supposedly the same time that Ronald DeFeo Jr. heard the voices coming from the house, the ones that told him to kill his family a little over a year ago. Even stranger was the presence of a swarm of flies in DeFeo Jr.'s old bedroom. No matter how many the Lutzes killed, they couldn't get rid of them. Believers in the occult claim that this is proof of a demonic presence, in particular that of Beelzebub, the demon who makes seven different appearances in the Bible. 
In fact, Beelzebub is a Hebrew word which translates literally to Lord of the Flies. Another sign of a demonic presence is the sensation of cold spots throughout the house. The Lutzes experience this sensation almost constantly. Despite running the fireplace day and night, the home was always cold. Kathy began having eerie sensations that someone was touching her, and on one particular night, the Lutzes heard the beds in their children's rooms slamming up and down. That was the breaking point for the family. Just 28 days after moving in, the Lutzes ran out of the home, leaving behind all of their belongings. Things returned to normal for the family as soon as they left, leaving them to believe that the home in fact was haunted or possessed. They ended up selling the house for much less than what they bought it for. A few years later, the best-selling book, The Amityville Horror, a story based on the family's experiences, was released. It has since sold 10 million copies with 15 film adaptations. You will believe in the Amityville Horror. There's something evil in my house. Newer owners of 112 Ocean Avenue have worked with the post office to change the address of the property and prevent curious onlookers from stopping by. And unlike other scenes and locations of mass murder, which are often torn down, the house on Ocean Avenue remains standing. The Amityville Horror House is not open to visitors, but if you're looking for a haunted house to visit and one you can spend the night in, you may want to consider this next place. The story of this next house begins with a woman by the name of Lizzie Borden. Lizzie had a relatively religious upbringing. As a young child, she was very involved in church activities, which included teaching Sunday school to children. So it was quite a shock to the community when she was accused of brutally murdering her father and stepmother in what is known as the Lizzie Borden Axe Murders. In the days leading up to the August 4, 1892 murders, tensions ran high in the Borden household. The patriarch, Andrew Borden, was known to be extremely frugal, despite owning several homes and properties. So Lizzie began to grow angry with her father after he was gifting his property to his new wife's family. Prosecutors later claimed that Lizzie feared losing the inheritance to her stepmother, so she took matters into her own hands and took an axe to her stepmother's head, then continued to strike her lifeless body 17 more times. Lizzie later went downstairs and took the axe to her father's face, who was taking a nap on the couch. She struck him 11 times. Although Lizzie claimed innocence, she was the first person to discover the bodies and the first to notify the family's live-in maid. In the official statement given by the maid, when she saw Andrew Borden's body, he was still bleeding from his wounds, suggesting a very recent attack. After learning that she was a suspect in the case, Lizzie was also seen suspiciously destroying a dress in the stove, claiming that there was paint on it. Lizzie was later put on trial for the murders, but was acquitted. She later received the inheritance from her father. Since the stepmother technically died before him, her estate went first to the father and then at his death was passed on to Lizzie. 
Today, 92 Second Street in Fall River, Massachusetts is listed as one of the most haunted houses in America. The current owner, Leanne Wilbur, was too spooked to sleep in the home when she first bought it, often leaving to sleep in her car in the middle of the night. Wilbur currently runs a bed and breakfast out of the Lizzie Borden house. You can stay the night here in one of nine different rooms, including the one where the murders took place. Guests often claim to hear strange sounds and see human-shaped shadows moving across the house. What would you do if your home was haunted? Would you move out and sell the house? In some states, you're actually required by law to tell potential homebuyers if your house is possessed by ghosts or demons. Like in the state of New York, when in 1990, Jeffrey Stambovsky put a down payment on a Victorian home in the town of Nyack. When he found out that the house was haunted, he refused to close on the sale and wanted his money back. He took the home sellers to court and the state ruled in his favor. If you come across a haunted house, don't go inside. If it's your home that's haunted, well, this Halloween, make sure to sleep with the light on. You've been listening to Go, a podcast about travel, places, and adventure. Be sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, tell a friend or family member about us, and visit gothepodcast.com for more content. We have an Instagram, a Twitter, and a Facebook where you should subscribe. I'm Alex Walensky, and thanks for listening.